Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day, and it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. In this episode, we interview Sika Henry. Sika is an athlete on a mission to become the first African-American female professional triathlete, and we believe she is well on her way. In this episode, Sika and Meredith talk about puke and diversity and hair. Not necessarily in that order. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is your host, Meredith Atwood. I hope you're having a great day. I have someone super special and interesting and fun and not awkward at all (laughs) on the show today. Her name is Sika Henry. So welcome, Sika. Thank you, Meredith. (laughs) So I met, well, I I guess I want to say I met Sika, but I didn't really meet her. I kind of saw her talk and then waved at her (laughs) at a triathlon (laughs) business conference. When, When was that? March? Uh, that was beginning of February. Beginning of February. Okay, gosh, I have. I'm like in a time warp. But she spoke on a panel with Dr. Sarah Gross about diversity in the sport of triathlon, and it was a fascinating panel. And um, it made me realize just how much work <laughs> needs to be done in our sport. And also, um, Sika is her goal is to become the first African American female professional triathlete. So. Um, just really excited to sit down with her and chat and talk about all the things today. So again, thanks for being here. It's going to be fun. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. She and I me. do remember you. You do remember me waving at you? Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. I was trying to get over Because you, you have the, you. the blonde hair. The blonde hair stands out. The, the white, like crazy hair. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm trying too hard with my head hair. <laughs> You know, as an African-American female, I think a lot about hair more and more now that I'm, you know, swimming in the pool all the time. Uh, A lot of changes in my life. Let's talk talk about hair and because that was a big thing that you talked about on the diversity panel. Um, So what percentage Mm -hmm. of triathletes are African-American? There is only about 0.5% of African-Americans in the sport of triathlon right now. Okay. And that was that was a few years ago though. It was a US triathlon survey that was done. So I don't know how much it's changed. I'm sure it hasn't changed very much. So no more okay. than one percent. Okay. So when you talk about hair, talk tell me what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, okay, black women, ladies, hair. Um, we typically get relaxers. So it's a chemical process that we go through that straightens our hair. We usually get it done every eight months. Um, every eight months when you I'm sorry, not every eight months, every eight weeks. Oh my gosh. Um, Stand corrected. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Usually two to three, three, every two to three months we, you know, get chemical relaxer, um, just makes our hair easier to do. Um, we can, you know, wash, blow dry and, you know, be out the door within a few minutes. Um, you know, our natural texture is typically, you know, really thick, wavy, coarse, a lot harder to do, harder to manage. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I started doing this whole triathlon thing and being in the pool um, with the chemicals in the pool, I actually found that my hair started falling out, breaking off really, really bad. So like at Um, the root or just like halfway? Yes, some in the root. Um, You know, I was stupid and I just was so new to it all um, and there's so few of us. So 
I would get a relaxer and then I'm like, well, I have a hard pool workout tomorrow that I got to get done. So I would put chemicals in my hair and then I would get in the pool the next day. So, you know, it wasn't smart. It was really stupid. Um, and you know, it's, I've been, I got quote unquote natural now, um, Uh since August, I stopped getting it done and my hair is, you know, it's not breaking off. It's becoming a lot healthier, but it's now I I'm trying to get used to, this new texture, which is really my original texture, but right. you know, I'm not used to it. So it's, so it's like interesting. And how, so, yes. so how long will it take for your hair to grow? Like grow? How long is your hair? Uh, it's very short right now. It used to be really long. Okay. Um, I've had to get a lot cut off. So I've been kind of cutting off all the processed hair. And now I have a little short bob going on right now that I'm trying to make work. Okay. So how, when you're not getting it, the relaxer, like what, what, products are helping maintain your hair and making it manageable or is it just like like the reason I cut my hair off and did it blonde is because I don't want to deal with it anymore right and you know what it's so much easier with short hair as a female athlete I think that's why you see so many female athletes I don't know I don't think it's necessarily a look (laughs) that we're going for but (laughs) it's easier when you have less of it to deal with because you know especially triathletes we're training sometimes twice a day so we're washing our hair our hair is you know sweaty we're wet all the time and the easiest thing to do is just kind of you know pull it back and not have to deal with a really long ponytail it's so true that we're wet all the time and I'm not even doing what you're doing but I just feel like I'm in a constant state of soggy Uh uh-huh yep me too (laughs) yeah and you know what I shower up to two or three times a day now like when did that happen yeah and you don't wash your hair each time so tell tell us how the and and I know the guys are like okay I don't care about this but I care about this exactly so tell like for the African-American girls that are like I'm not going to swim or become a triathlete because of my hair tell them what they need to do (laughs) okay well I I I don't have the answer because I'm still learning but (laughs) the great thing is more and more African and women African-American women are going natural nowadays um Mm -hmm. you can just go on you know Walmart now to the hair section and you actually see a section or an aisle dedicated to African-American women transitioning from processed hair to natural hair. Okay. So the great thing is that there are all of these products out there now. Okay. Um, so I think the best thing to do is experiment and find the right thing for you. Um, you know, some, some of my black female friends swear by coconut oil and, you know, constantly moisturizing their hair and deep mm-hmm. conditioning. So you know, I've been trying all those things and it definitely helps. It's helped stop the breakage. And mm-hmm. in terms of pool, and I think anybody, male, female, whatever the race can um, relate to this, it helps putting conditioner in my hair before I actually get in the pool. It doesn't seem to absorb the chlorine uh-huh. as much. One, so of, one that's thing helped. my hair girl said was even if you, like, if you don't put conditioner in it, but just wetting it first, like helps to mm-hmm. absorb or you get water sealed in the cuticle or whatever. So then it doesn't absorb the chemicals as much, even just like wetting it. And I don't know yeah. if that, that's the same thing, but, um, Coconut oil is fascinating. I find that mm-hmm. coconut oil is kind of like that hot sauce. You can put that shit on anything. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Put it in a pan. I, put it in your oatmeal. Yes. But then, so the horror of my life happened over, well, not the horror of my life, but as a mom, like one of the worst things for your kids is to get head lice. And we mm-hmm. got the head lice um, 
you know, epidemic over New Year's. And okay. it came, it went and came back and went and came back. And the final thing that got rid of it was coconut oil. And I'm the <laughs> mom calling the kids mothers like I'm so sorry my kid was with her kid and and so her very best friend is an African-American girl and I called this girl's mom and she's like lice don't like black heads and I said it's true I I have never had that none of my friends have ever had it that are black yep and yes she was just like oh and all my you know white friends were like oh my god well thanks for calling you know and then um, her her best friend's mom and she was the one that had been over for a sleepover and I thought oh gosh you know she certainly has the critters and she said that uh, I said well that's great but guess what coconut oil works Tell all your yeah. white friends who are bringing critters to your house. Um, but coconut oil works on dry elbows, dry skin, um, mm-hmm. growing out natural hair, and lice. So there we go. We've informed people of so many things in five minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so let's talk about. Um, okay, wait. Did you say that? Did you say the name? Of, you said coconut oil. What else? What other products are super great? Have you found? Um, Certain brands like Carol's Daughter, um, okay. they make some pretty good I've stuff. Heard of that. Was uh, she on? She was on some show. Carol's Daughter. Yeah, I think she was on Oprah. Okay. The That's the founder right. of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very cool. So I like that one, and you know, and, and I also like when you go to Sally's Beauty Supply, they have the little tester packets that you can buy for like a dollar. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'll use the little mini samples, the travel size, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, and okay. you know. And, because some some of these things are expensive. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about hair. Now let's talk about you and things other than your hair. Because you yes. are very fast and you are a at your core, you're a runner. So how did you Yes. Tell me a little bit about growing up. Like, well, let's talk about your childhood. Where did you come from and when did you know that you were a runner? Sure. I was born in New York in the city. Um, but I grew up in northern Jersey, right right outside of New York in Montclair. Okay. Um Growing up, we actually had a really big pool in our backyard, so I learned how to swim at a very young age. That was really important to my parents, and, you know, I would have pool parties, so anybody who came over, my parents, you know, like, they have to learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. So growing up around the water, always in my life. Um, Then after that, uh, in college, or sorry, no, not college, high school, I swam all four years of high school um, competitively for just my, my local team. Um, and then randomly in gym class, I was playing around track coach saw me and he asked me to run and jump and try to touch the the net, the basketball net. Mm -hmm. And I touched the rim and he was like, wow, you can (laughs) jump really high. You should come out for the track team. So I was like, okay, well, you know, something I always, always interested in. And you're tall. Are you you tall? Yeah, I am. I'm 5'10". Okay. I'm 5'10", but I look like I'm (laughs) 6'2". I have really, really long legs. Okay. Um, So my senior year of high school, outdoor season of track, I went out for the team, and uh, I loved track and field. I loved the field events and high jumping and the short sprints. I was never really into distance running or anything like that. Never wanted to run a mile. Um, And at the time, I had already gotten into a couple colleges, and I had decided on Tufts University, Mm -hmm. so which is right outside of Boston. Um, I reached out to the college coach, Kristen Morwick, and she actually used to have the 
collegiate record at Dartmouth for the high jump. So I knew that she would be a great coach. Uh-huh. Um, so I went to college at Tufts and I did track and field all four years, um, was primarily a high jumper. And, you know, I did have some speed, like for the 400, I could run about a 58 second quarter. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah. <some speed. laughs> yeah. Well, no, but speed. in college, in college, that's not really much, you know, some of these girls are just putting out crazy time. So, you know, I'm going to come was... visit you. We're going to do a track <laughs> workout and then we'll discuss what some speed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was great experience. Loved being on a team. Um, yeah, I did pretty well and I enjoyed it. And then. But being after, a high jumper, I mean, a high mm-hmm. jumper is some sort of fearlessness. I mean, that is, you are in free flight and then, so, so the high jumpers, when you run and you like just throw yourself over a pole and hope there's a mat, right? Right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right. Well, so I mean, me, it's not as terrifying. scary as, it's not as scary as pole vault. Pole vault's the one with the yeah. stick did you where try you got to run at that. Did you try no, I had never, never, nope, I did not have the guts, no. But I think uh, high no. jumping is terrifying. <laughs> I, I think I don't like to be airborne, and it's really good that I'm nice and slow and heavy because mm-hmm. for me, <laughs> like, I never had the danger of something, someone running up to me and trying to pick me up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I will always be on the ground because you know you have the little small yeah. friends that the guys run up and just pick them up. Oh, oh right, right. Places. I was never in danger of that, and I've always had a sense okay. of security with that. So, right to me, the high jump is very scary. It, it wasn't to you. No, because I'm so tall anyway. You know, I'm five foot ten. I'm already up there. <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and you only for me, I only took a twelve-step approach, so it was you know uh, a twelve-step running start to jump uh-huh. over the bar. So you know, I wasn't really going that high. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> the worst part was when you actually landed on the bar. That was painful. Oh. But other than that, no, it wasn't scary at all. Oh, that's funny. Okay, so you were um, you were a short distancer, but you are a super fast marathoner. So how did you transition from yeah. the short and fast to the long, long and still fast, but slower, obviously? <laughs> Um, after, after I graduated college, I took a position in New York City. I majored in economics, and I was working in finance, working really long hours. I started to gain some weight. I wasn't really working out. So I started to just, you know, jog, I guess, maybe three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing some, you know, little local 5K races just to stay in shape. Um, the first time I did a marathon, I had actually never run uh I never raced longer than a 5K, so I hadn't even done a half marathon what? or a 10 miler. <laughs> I know I was so stupid, but I'm like, you know, I want to cross something off my bucket list. Let me uh, do a marathon. So my first one did not go well at all. I would imagine. I not. literally, oh my gosh, I puked from mile 18 to the finish line. It was so bad. I think by mile 20, I saw a random spectator on the course, and I asked her if I could use her cell phone, and I tried calling one of my friends that was at the race to come pick me up because I did not want to finish <laughs> she didn't answer the phone which I'm happy about looking back now it was quite the experience um and I ended up finishing in three hours and 57 minutes wait so wait, I'm wait, like okay wait a minute hold on pause long heavy <laughs> pause here so you had never done longer than a 5k you are right. di- this is your story you're dying at mile 20 but you still yes. did a 350 marathon yep yep okay um okay <laughs> wow <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, I figured I'm like, okay, if I actually trained properly for this, right? Uh, you know, I might be on to something. Okay, so, so you're you're pretty much amazing. Let's start there. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. But so. <laughs> I don't even know where to, what this, I'm still shocked that that was your like worst day ever. And it was just incredible. Oh yeah. It was lots of puking. And I mean, I wouldn't even, I can't even say hit the wall. It was, just, I was so far beyond that. I just wanted the misery to end. It was by far one of the hardest races of my life. But you had to finish um, that and say, okay, this was yes. still a pretty good running time. I've got something here. I've got some talent. Yep. I've got some grit. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So was, yep. that, was that race actually kind of a catalyst for you to say, okay, this is something. Oh, hell no. No. After that, I was like, never again. I'll never do that to myself ever again. Like bucket list, cross off, not doing that again. <laughs> and I didn't for like seven years. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it took seven years to get over that. That's um, funny. So how old, are, but, how old were you when you did that? And how old are you now? Sure. Oh, God. That was in 2007. So 10 years ago. So it was like, what, 23, I guess. I'm 33 now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, funny. It took, it took me seven years to get over. It did. <laughs> Literally, it did. It took a long, long time. That's funny. Uh, yeah, but then you know, you I started... couldn't eat normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you couldn't eat normal for how long? Yeah, no, no, not for a couple days. My stomach was totally jacked up. It was just, yeah. Okay, so your lesson learned, like, don't go from 5K to marathon. Mm-hmm. Or you'll have a seven-year PTSD stint where you can't <laughs> exactly. even look at runners. But you, did you keep running right. during this time? You just swore off the Yeah, marathon? I did. Yep, just casually. Um, I still had some relatively good speed. I could still run like a 21-minute 5K. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually wasn't until I started training for my first triathlon did I see a huge improvement. Okay, um, so how, it did, just you, seemed how like, did that come about? Mm-hmm. How did you even, you said you started training for your st- first try. Who, who, who is the mean friend that talked you into that? <laughs> Actually, it was me. I uh-huh. was going through a really difficult time in my life. I was going through a divorce. Okay. Um, you know, it's not something that I talk about very often. The first time I ever talked about it publicly was actually on that panel in Dallas where you oh, saw okay. me. Um, yep, I was you know, unexpectedly going through a divorce, you know, I'd been with him for years and, um, yeah, it was just like, all of a sudden I didn't have my best friend and, mm-hmm. um, I was living in Virginia beach and I had actually moved out there, uh, just, you know, to be closer to him. So, you know, I had made all these life decisions based on that relationship, Right. but, you know, I was young and, um, yeah, it was just, uh, I became a hermit. I wasn't going out. Um, I was just really sad. And like I said, I was depressed. So mm-hmm. I knew I had to get out of that funk and, you know, keep moving forward. <laughs> so I thought, well, let me find something that will provide a really great distraction. Again, a bucket list item. So <laughs> I had always wanted to try a triathlon. Right. You know, I had the background in swimming and I could run and I didn't own a bike, but you know, I figured that would be the easy part that could make that work. So right. I found a local triathlon, um, out in Hampton, it's called the Tidewater Sprint Triathlon. It's a, uh, Virginia triathlon series race. It's, okay. you know, really short. Um, it's like 600 meter swim, 10 mile bike ride, and then a 5k run. So 3.1 mile ro- uh, run. Mm-hmm. And, I only had two weeks to prepare for it. <laughs> so, I'm detecting a theme here, Sarah. I'm detecting a theme. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I only really 
had two weeks to prepare for it, but it's good. It was a good distraction. All of a sudden, you know, for two weeks, that was all I could focus on. I'm right. like, okay, I got to get a bike. I need to get back in the pool and start swimming again. And, and you know, I you need aren't to- alone there. You, it's, I think triathlon is like the dumping ground for the people that need distraction. <laughs> like, yes. I think it's for people who are, I mean, it's a theme. It's like I do a triathlon because I can't deal with my real life right now. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with my job. I can't deal with my husband, whatever. Um, right. And not to say that it's just like a sport of, I said, I said dumping ground. That's terrible. But I mean, that's how I came to it. It was, you know, out of a really rough place in my life. And and so I, I don't think you're alone. So come one, come all. Who yes. Are hurting yes. And broken to our sport of triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Because yeah, you're trying to balance a few things. It's, it's never just, you know, one and done. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you start getting addicted to the, you know, meeting people at the pool and, you know, you start meeting all these friends, you, know, you start making friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just a wonderful sport. So, so you had two weeks uh, to get it all together though. So how did you, what is the yes. two week plan for triathlon? Oh, it was fr- oh, totally frantic. So <laughs> I immediately went to Dick's. Uh, I spoke to a guy in the bike section. I was like, yeah, I need just a mountain bike or a hybrid. And he Mm -hmm. was like, wait, you're doing a race? He was like, no, no, no. You need like a legit road bike or it's going to be really painful. I'm like, well, I don't want to invest my money in something I might not ever do again. So just give me, you know, just a regular hybrid bike. Yeah. So I had this huge clunky aluminum bike that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't suggest that for your first one. Borrow a road bike. Right. Or if <laughs> it's such a huge clunky, difference. But if you have the yes. clunky in your garage, do it on the yes. clunky. Like, don't buy it. Uh, yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, meet, I got a bike. Um, what else did I do? Got Went to my local rep club and got membership to the pool. So I started swimming a couple days a week. I just printed some workouts offline. You know, there's so many resources out there. Mm-hmm. So just following stuff online. Yeah. Um, I did a couple brick workouts, which at the time I didn't know what that was. But right. So what know, is a brick? So you get on the bike, you know, you do your bike workout, and then you, as soon as you get off the bike, you immediately put your sneakers on and you run. And you're still so wet. So it's to get... <laughs> you're still soggy. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, exactly. Yep. Right. It's to simulate, you know, race day, what it's like, because it's different, you know, biking or swimming and then immediately having to do something else. Yeah. So for so those that was of my... you who are mm-hmm. listening and are not quite on the Sika Henry two week plan, um, <laughs> you can take, you know, as much time as you need to get used to the disciplines. Right. And what would you, yes. I mean, I, I typically say like, if you can swim, you can survive the triathlon. Um, mm-hmm. on very limited time. I mean, I, I like to say 10 to 12 weeks if you're, you know, kind of a heavier triathlete. I think it's just harder to maybe get moving at all. Um, right. But, you know, 10 to 12 weeks, you can be pretty proficient to do a, a sprint triathlon, I think, if you can swim. Yep, Don't I totally think? agree. Yeah. Yep. And even if you're not a strong swimmer, the triathlons they have now, you can do the pool sprint. Right. So you just go to the pool, they have the lanes set up, and mm-hmm. sometimes they have them in the shallow end where you right. don't even have to swim. You could actually walk the distance right. in the pool. Which I think so is it's great. a good start. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started in a pool. Did you start in a pool? No, that race was in the ocean, actually. <laughs> so it was total open water. But I was already so comfortable you were a swimming. Swimmer. Yeah. Right, you right. You were a swimmer growing up. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did that go for you? Tell us, tell us about the first one. Um, I was bad. <laughs> I came in last place, I think. Oh my God. Now, I think I, 
I did okay. Um, the swim, I was just mediocre. The bike, I was passed by everybody and their grandfather because right. I'm just not a cyclist. And, you know, I didn't have clip-on shoes and the pedals and I wasn't in aero position or anything like that. Right. Um, and then, of course, the run, I did decent. But the wonderful thing was how I felt after I finished. Um, I just, I, I was so happy. I was yeah. grinning ear to ear the entire time. It was exactly what I needed in my life at that time. Right. Um, just so like a major, mm-hmm. yeah, a major sense of accomplishment and distraction. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So I went from, you know, just feeling so depressed and not wanting to get out of the bed because of the divorce to, you know, just feeling like a million bucks and feeling like I had really accomplished something. And so you were hooked and you decided to step it up a notch and you did, did you go straight to half Ironman after that? No, I, I did that one. And then I decided to do another sprint, like a regular distance sprint. Uh And I invested in a road bike and that went better. Um, but the crazy thing was when I started doing road races again, my times just, they dropped dramatically. So I went from running like a 21 minute 5k to running like an 18 minute 5k. It was wow. just incredible how my body responded to the swimming and the biking. Um, I stopped getting injured. I think from the swimming, it was therapeutic. Um, the biking gave me leg strength and it was just a recipe for a really good you know, run time. So uh-huh. yeah. And, and then that's when well I started to like, so when you, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Generally, even now I typically have one of the fastest run splits, which is pretty nice. Very cool. But, um, so, yep. so that's actually forward. how I, Oh, sorry. Uh, go go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. You said you were, Oh, I was going to say that that's how I stepped up to the marathon distance, but go ahead. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about your, your first half Ironman. Sure. Yeah. So your first half Ironman was actually only last year, right? Mm-hmm. In okay. June, Eagle Man. Okay. And how was that? You were super speedy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first half Ironman. Well, my coach at this point, I started working with a coach because I wanted to step up the distance and I wasn't really sure how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was scared about actually making it through the entire race. So I wanted to go about things properly, not like with the first marathon that I did, how that was a disaster. <laughs> so the first half Ironman was Eagle Man, which if you're familiar with the Cambridge and Maryland area in, um, in June, it is hot, like really, really hot, Yeah, but it's flat. So the course is fast. Um, I did well. I finished in five hours and 30 minutes, I think on the dot. So okay. yeah, it was, it was hard, but. You it, said five hours and 30 minutes. Yes. Okay, that's really fast to me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. I mean, and at that point, you're thinking, okay, I have a goal. Was that when you thought, I have a goal? Like, Um, this goal to become professional? I think when I hired my coach, or not necessarily hired, but... um, Yeah, earlier that year, I started thinking that I had a lot of potential. And I noticed how few African-Americans there were in the sport. Um, I knew that, you know, when I was at races, sometimes I was the only African-American female there. Right. So, uh, you know, I started looking at statistics online and the fact that there was only one African-American professional triathlete and it was a male and I there hadn't been any females. So I was like, yeah, let's give this a go and, you know, see what I can do with it. So how important is it to you? I mean, growing up, you were a swimmer and that's kind of rare. 
isn't it, for mm-hmm. African-American girls to be swimmers? Yes. And so yep, how passionate I was, are you about changing that? A super passionate. Um, when you look at the statistics, I think it's like 70% of African-American children can't swim. Um, the rate of drownings are, I think, triple compared to white children. And it, it's it's heartbreaking when you know how preventable these things are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so important to know how to swim. Um, you know, it's really a matter of life and death. And right. um, there are so many resources out there. I think it's just making them readily available um, mm-hmm. to the community. And, you know, in regardless of race, I think it's important for everybody to know how to swim. Right. I agree with you. Um, it's, and I really just appreciate what you're doing because, I mean, diversity is such a buzzword. And I think a lot of people, you know, are like, well, what does that mean at, at, at this point? And what does it mean in our sport? But, you know, I know like from a business standpoint, encouraging diversity in the workplace starts with the leader and mm-hmm. you need the leader of the organization to step up and say, this is important. This is important, right. not for just diversity to have a seat here, but for diversity to have a voice. And I think it's so important that we get behind you to um, encourage and to support your 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 journey to becoming the first female African-American professional. And I know it's going to be you. So we're just, that, there's that. I don't know. <laughs> we, we'll see. No, <laughs> you know, we'll I'm making all the, I'm, pro, I'm proclaiming this and, you know, and there are other talented women out there and I might not be the first, but this journey makes it worth it. You know, yeah, sure. having these conversations, whether I turn pro or not, or I'm the first or not, um, just being able to have a platform to have these conversations and bring light to the fact that we're so underrepresented in the sport and the percentages of African-Americans that can't swim. Um, right. To be able to talk about that and, and you know, well, and hopefully. Until, until everyone sees, like, the role model mentality is what mm-hmm. is so important. Like, they need you know, young girls need to see, young women need to see a role model. And Mm -hmm. and for you, you know, to say, hey, there's someone that looks like me out there. And, you know, it's not the same thing, but I know being like a heavy, heavier athlete, uh, you know, I think Mm -hmm. when I first started in triathlon, there were no fat girls. (laughs) And I don't, (laughs) you know, and I hate to say that like so bluntly, but there were no fat girls. And when in 2011, when I did my first half Ironman, I was a fat girl and I was out there and I was alone and I remember Mm -hmm. feeling very different. And now like triathletes are all shapes and sizes and it's, it's Mm -hmm. not race. It's which I know I'm completely aware that's a different topic, but I think when people saw me out there and saw me writing about it and, and all of my glory in my size, 16, 18, you know, triathlon suit, they're like, well, she can do it. Like I can do right. it. And I think right. what you're trying to accomplish, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but is to be that role model to say, look, I'm out here and, and my hair is natural and I'm doing it and you guys can do it too, right? Right. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, and, you know, you look at people like Tiger Woods and Serena Williams and uh, Simone Manuel and, you know, these really prominent figures in our sport that have brought you know, like African-Americans wouldn't normally even watch some of these sports, but mm-hmm. because we have a role model and a figure, we watch them, you know, we might 
put our kids in tennis lessons now because of Serena and Venus Williams. So right. yeah, it's, it, it's nice. It just, it has to start somewhere. Right. And so how many people have you inspired? I know there's tons. I know there you. Are. No, <laughs> no. Me. I have one fancy go. I'm going to go ahead and do my first marathon tomorrow since I've done a 5K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a blog. Um, it's whyrun.blogspot.com well, with hyphen. So why hyphen I hyphen run.blogspot.com. And when I first started writing, um, I, I, I only blog after races and I tell everything from the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started writing, I only got maybe like 20 views. Mm-hmm. Um, but now every time I post, I get a couple thousand. So it's Great. been neat watching that grow. So there's an audience there. Um, yeah. I'm part of black triathletes association. Um, so they're, you know, I, I post my my links on there and I get some hits there and then also the National Black Marathoners Association I'm also a part of that so okay. I get questions all the time and yeah so I guess I do have some viewership but I don't know about <laughs> <laughs> inspiration well you need to get you gotta we gotta get your book going we yeah. like, let's get a blog like you know I'm yeah. all this is I get excited about this kind of stuff because I think it's just mm-hmm. so important that, um, you know, people do get to know you because one, you're fabulous, two, you're talented and three, you're, you're a lot of fun. And I think, um, you know, people need to get to know you. I think it's important. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about the black triathletes association and and what that, how people can get involved with that if they are thinking about doing a try. Uh, sure. So it's, a it's, an organization, um, you can join online, just go to the website. Uh, they have a great Facebook group. Um, so, you know, people are constantly posting in there and asking questions. And, you know, you can have discussions like, well, what should I do about my hair? Stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, they also, everybody posts, there's a calendar. So we post where we're racing, when we're racing. Um, in fact, when I did my first half Ironman uh girl a member of the black triathletes association came up to me and she was like hey are you Sika?" And i'm like yeah and we were you know talking and stuff because there's so few of us mm-hmm. so it's a great place to see like okay who's racing where and you know a little meet up we have our meetup groups and um yeah very cool so what can what can we do to help you like i want to help you on your journey to being the first african-american professional triathlete female professional triathlete so what what do you need? Like, what do you need for support on this journey? I, I want to see it see it happen. Yeah, um, gosh, that's such a hard <laughs> question. Well, you need sponsors, <laughs> so we need sponsors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I have I have a little bit of support, not a lot. Um, you know, it's a lot easier when you're a pro and you have this huge following and stuff like that. But when you're kind of a newbie and you're up and coming, you don't have that much. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, right now I've partnered with I Race Like a Girl. Um, it's iracelikeagirl.com. It's a group uh, started by Angela Nath. Um, so I get some support there. And mm-hmm. then also Virginia Triathlete Series. Um, they've been wonderful to me. and ter- They uh, put on the races locally, so they've been helping me in that way. Um, and then also my local uh, running store does, as well as Flat Out Events. Um, but other than that, I don't really get a heck of a lot of support. You know, I have like <laughs> certain people in the industry that I've met at the you know triathlon business mm-hmm. conference um, that have been helpful. But yeah, I mean, I'm 
always looking for somebody who would be interested in partnering with me that wants to see, you know, more diversity in the right. sport since that's a huge thing that is important to me. Um, so your yeah. most recent marathon was three hours even. Yes. Three hours and six seconds, actually. And, and that six seconds is like making you nuts, isn't it? Oh, it's awful. For <laughs> weeks, for weeks after, you know, I had trained so hard for three months. It was a huge PR for me. Before that, I had ran like a 307. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, for you know, I told my coach, I'm like, I really want to try to break three hours, which seemed crazy at the time. But um, yeah, she was like, well, you know, like, let's train really hard. I think you can do it. And, you know, and for three months, I just put it all out there. And then race day came. And, yeah, I missed it by six seconds. Oh it was so gosh. heartbreaking. I know. I've gone through everything in my head. I'm like, could I have ran faster at this point if, if I ran the tangents better? But, <laughs> you know, I did everything that I could possibly do. And I still feel like it's a huge accomplishment well, to come that close yeah. to breaking three hours. It's really huge. I mean, especially from someone who will never a day in her life do that um, and all of you and but I also know that that six second it, but you left it all out there I you? did I mean you oh I did you oh yeah I mean on that day and you will nope no yeah <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever do enough as everybody says after their marathon I don't know if I'll ever do another one that was really hard <laughs> oh you will you will yeah yeah right, right now I definitely want to focus on triathlon like 100% triathlon Okay, so where will you be this year? What are you racing? I have a race coming up in two weeks um, at Lake Anna in Lake Anna, Virginia. Uh, it's an Olympic distance triathlon, and then uh, it's called the Kinetic International. And then after that is my big race. I'm going to do Ironman 70.3 Eagle Man again. Okay. Um, and that's in June. Uh, I think it's June 11th. And then I'll be doing a couple random races, and I'll be doing the Boston Triathlon. Um, in, I think that's August or the end of July. And my goal at Eagle Man is to qualify for Ironman 70.3 worlds. So we'll see if that happens. And so do you have any idea what you, you know, I know race day, it just depends, but what, what you need for that as far as time? Um, yeah, I, I looked at the results from last year. I think I would have to go under 506, maybe. That race is really competitive. Mm-hmm. But I'm crazy, so of course my goal <laughs> is sub five hours, right. you know. <laughs> Don't be five I, hours and six seconds, okay? Right, like, yeah. I always do. set the bar really high, even though I know how much I have to drop a lot of time. Like, whatever. I'll just put everything into it and go after it. Whatever will happen will happen. Yeah, and that's really all you can do in life and in triathlon, right? Is give your best and yeah, right, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, and hopefully would... find some financial support along the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's running to be a professional triathlete because it's so lucrative, right? I mean, you gotta <laughs> no. have the love for it for sure. Right. It's got to be the most non-lucrative sport out there. I mean, it just drains your pockets. I know. I mean, it's just an expensive sport to begin with. And then, yeah, so you have my sympathies there. But it's going to turn around and you're it's going to be fine. You're going to have the best sponsor ever. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If anybody wants to give me free wheels, I don't have a disc <laughs> wheel. Oh, we can get you a wheel. Let me work on that. I have some ideas. Yeah. Well, Sita, I really appreciate you taking the time and um, I'm going to send me all the, actually you already did. I'm going to post the links up to um, your blog and some of the um, associations and resources for 
African-American triathletes and just, you know, diverse groups in general. I mean, I'm part of the um, Ironman Women for Tri Advisory Board, and we have a great group, and I'll post a link up to that too because that's a group of 20 – goodness, 26,000 women. And I know there's a lot of resources in there as well. So I guess the moral of the story is if you want to get involved in triathlon, we need to work to help everyone have an easier route to get there Mm -hmm. and however we can do that. So thanks for taking the time to talk to me. And if there's anything you want to want to add or, um, you know, let me know. But um, one yep. thing I do want to ask you, so this podcast is called Same 24 Hours Podcast, and it basically means that we all have the same 24 hours in our day, but it's what we choose to do in those 24 hours that makes all the difference in our health and happiness and success. So what is it that you do consistent, consistently in your 24 hours that you think sets you up for, for success? Oh, wow. That's a great question. And I like not giving it ahead of time. Boo. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I know. Gosh, what do I do? Uh, I'm trying to think I'm such a routine person. Uh Um, my days, (laughs) they really look almost exactly the same every day, every week. So it's funny that you say consistency because I I think that's key. Um, for me, it's like my diet, um, you know, you only get, you only have one body, you only live once. So I, I love to cook. Um, I do that. That brings me a lot of joy. I don't know why I just like being in the kitchen, um, experimenting with foods. Um, so I do that. And then of course, exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, I know if I am in a bad mood, um, but I, you know, put on my sneakers and I go out, even if I don't want to run, I know once I out there or even when I'm finished, I feel so much better. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, forcing yourself to do the things that you don't want to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. good stuff. Well, thank you so yeah, that, that was a crazy question. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, it's, you know, you said consistency and routine and, and doing the hard things when you don't feel like it. I think that's, that's a big key to success and, and you got mm-hmm. it going and, I expect to see very great things from you in that sub five hours, no pressure, but you, you need yeah. to go do that and we will report, but we'll get a post-race um, podcast report. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that'd <laughs> well, be great. <laughs> thank you, Sika. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay.